Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to witness the fusion between gospel word consummation and poetry. We, the poets, do solemnly promise to intentionally arouse your imagination, inspiration, and action. We, the poets, are willing to lay down our triumph and burdens and joy and anger, our artistry and befuddlement on paper, raw and uncut. We, the poets, surrender our pens to the Holy Spirit so that he may write, promising to move ourselves out of the way, foregoing the oohs and ahs for the audience, if this means a soul is procured for the kingdom. We, the poets, encased behind screens, laptops, phones, and earbuds, stand before you vulnerable as willing conduits, sharing how we got over, how it is to overcome, and sometimes how God is over us. We, the poets, take you, the listener, to be our family in Christ, to be held, to be held accountable from this day forward, for better or for worse, to pray in sickness and rejoice in health. According to God's instructions, we, the poets, therefore promise to be woke, informed, thorough, and studied, both now and forever. Amen. You're listening to Ancient Path Podcast, Poetry for the People. So grab your notepad, grab your pen, tune in, and let's see what goes on. Hey, Ink and Pad family. It is episode 11, baby. We are trucking along on this here thing, and I will ride it till the wheels fall off. Yes, I pray that your week has been blessed, that God has downloaded into you some poetry that inspires the people around you, that speaks to your soul, that you were ministered to by some way, shape, or form by the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and poetry. Today, I have a very, very special guest. I want to do a small, small disclaimer because I had to catch him while he was on the road. So you may hear some noises, some echoes in the back, but I did my best to filter a lot of that out. So just bear with a sister, y'all. Just bear with a sister. And um, after the interview, you will hear two clips of poetry from him and then the closing, okay? So strap in, grab your ink and grab your pad and tune in and enjoy. All right, Ink and Pad family, this is Kayakana and I have a heavy hitter in the building today. As you can probably hear, he is on the road, so he is a busy, busy man. Just to give you an idea of who it is we have today, he is published in an anthology called A Thousand Poems for Peace. He is published in Pastor Michael J. Fisher's 12 Pillars of the Church, a collaboration with Pastor on that book. He is the founder of the Descendants of David Poetry Ministry at Greater Zion Church Family. He was a featured poet in a national commercial for Daniel's Place Mental Health Services. He was a curator of numerous open mics at various Starbucks across the city, including Coffee House Cool Down, Turn Up the Mic at Greater Zion, and Outspoken of Poetry Feedback. He is a member of Alpha Phi Psi Christian Fraternity Incorporated. Yeah. Of course. He's a various movies and commercials such as Canal Street and a member of Voices of Destiny who won the variety Sound choir competition, which came and raised the bar for choir competitions across America. And he was co-host of KJLH. What's up with that? 
in the Behind the Pulpit series that ran for 10 years, and he was a traveling poet, sitting across open mics and for speeches all across the country. And he is currently performing <laughs> in training at Greater Zion Church Family. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone hither and yon, please welcome Daniel A. Oh, Praise the Lord, Saints. Praise the Lord. Hey, hey, you been doing the news of the German Museum, so I gotta, <laughs> I gotta represent, which is by far the biggest accomplishment. If I'm not that. Oh, and then you forgot. I am also featured on Kaya Thomas podcast, which is another Aww. accomplishment. So I am headed to another little cousin champagne party. She okay. lives in Palmdale. Yeah, so you know, big family. Um I had another little cousin uh champagne party last night actually. So Oh, wow. Oh, yes, we keeping the party going. <laughs> so, here's it in L.A. Congratulations, season. I'll get it. So. This is graduation season. Huh? Baby's not baby's over. I know, Is, is this really good? Because it sounds good to me. Right. But 
I want I want to hear other people's opinions. So I started, you know, letting a few people hear some things here and there, you know, positive, positive things, positive feedback. But then my inner saboteur says, "Oh, these are people that love you." So they're, of course they're going to say that. They're going to say yeah anyway. So. Of course they're going to say that if you they don't really mean it. And, you know, they're just, they're just applauding you. So um, I started going to open my night, and the positive feedback continued from there, and it really made me feel good about the craft, and I started to hone my students. What was the turning point for you from this is private to, I wonder how this was found to somebody else. What was the turning point? Do you remember that exact moment? I do remember the exact moment. I don't remember the It was in a high school, so I was in a high school. And mm-hmm. I started writing. The poems were just coming out. They were just mm-hmm. blowing back and back and back and back. And before I knew it, I had accumulated a nice little, you know, collection, a nice little uh, anthology, a nice little pile of work. So I wanted to know for me, where is yes. this going? Is this something that I can sufficiently continue? As an art form, is it something that that I can use to benefit myself in the future? You know, I needed to know. So that's where it comes from. That's dope. Do you still have the children's book? I don't still have the children's book, but I do remember the name of the school. I think I think I was like six or seven years old. This was like 1990. <laughs> the title was the Zoo Man. The Zoo Lady. <laughs> and it was and it was about it was about a child who took a trip to the zoo. <laughs> and you know he <laughs> That was so dope. Yeah, like, it was about it. now. You know what I'm saying? To bring that mm-hmm. to fruition. You know, that was just so dope. Yeah. That it was, was about a child's first trip to the zoo and then I had my little pictures of all the animals that he didn't make on I don't have the book, but I do remember that one. Isn't it funny how, as creatives, we were doing this stuff before we knew what this stuff was called? You know what I'm saying? You were exactly. doing freeform without understanding what freeform was. Exactly. I'm going to just flow naturally. I'm right. Flow naturally. Right. So it's, 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 it's kind of like the common thread among poets that I've spoken to on this mm-hmm. platform. It's kind of like the same thing. It was just like... I just started writing and didn't know what it was until I learned the name for each one that I was doing, you know. So Listen, because I was doing a music pentameter before I knew it existed. Listen, <laughs> I still don't know how to teach a I am in pentameter, but apparently I know how to do it. Exactly. You know? But I was in the workshop and, you know, I see all these people, but, you know, William S. Williams, you know, it reminds mm-hmm. me of his prose and, you know, it reminds me of Sylvia class, and I'm sitting there like, what? Now, this is a master's <laughs> program, right? Right. And I'm sitting there right. like saying, what? And so the teacher had to kind of lovingly coerce me into giving my opinions because I felt so intimidated. Now, of course, my opinions were not as polished, but Come to find right. out, I had a whole B and L poem in my repertoire. I'm like, I did it. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's them telling you what you've done. And I'm like, is that what it's called? What is it? What is it again? This is the real thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was the same way with. I was the same way with um, not rhyming because I used to rhyme, but I was like, I don't want to rhyme. I don't want to 
And then I come to one of them free form. It's like, oh, what was that guy? My, my poetry started out as controlling metaphor. And, uh, and this is, remind, remind you, this is before I knew what a controlling metaphor was. So they started out as controlling metaphor. And that was in 2000. Now, I started in 2000. I didn't get to rhyming until two or, two or three years later. Wow. No, I'm sorry, three or four years later, but two, around 2003, 2004, uh-huh. all of a sudden, it, it was it was just all of a sudden. Like, I started uh-huh. writing these lines, and they started rhyming. I'm like, wait a minute, where did that come from? And right. that was just on it. And that just kind of falling from me. I'm like, oh, okay. Right, right. 
Right. So I had read something for him back in 2004, and when I was done, he looked at me like shocked. Like that came out of you, and he was like, "Yo, you, you can't keep that to yourself. You got to get out of yourself." He was a student at Cal State Long Beach mm-hmm. at the time, and he told me about the open record they had on campus. Mm-hmm. And I went to that open mic, and I did my poem. Well, I read on paper because mm-hmm. you know, first time you're nervous, so you, you're looking at the paper. So you're looking at the paper. Right. Everybody really enjoyed it. Everybody right. in the room enjoyed it. For me, that was a new itch that I had to continue to stretch. Listen, once you get that love, <laughs> that energy for a poetic piece, because you know poetry is mm. the most vulnerable thing you could do, one of the most vulnerable Listen. things you could do. What? What? Listen, <laughs> I tell people all the time in my workshop, if you are not ready to bear your soul on that mic, don't even try it. Don't even stand up. And those that make for the most, those make for the most beautifully effective piece. The worst yes. part that you can ever ever encounter and ever I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but anyway, you know Right no, I get it. I experience. Get it. Because, experience. Yes. There you go. Yes. Because it you have to relive those emotions over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what especially don't let that piece become popular amongst the what? Starbucks 
you know, where mm-hmm. we just sat and wrote together in the uh, in the the youth center. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh-huh. We had writing jams in there, and whatever mm-hmm. we used for inspiration, you would always go to like you would always pull out a like review. Oh. At one point, always. we had this one thick book. I think it was a compilation of this book. It sure that is. almost looked like Bible pages. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I used to. I used to read, I used to sit and read his poetry while waiting on the bus. I'd be at the bus stop, I'd be on the bus just reading his collection, and then I used to carry, you know, this is, excuse me, this is before uh, smartphones. <laughs> this is before smartphones and all this. So I used to carry a backpack with um, three ring binders, and I used to have a, a pocket thesaurus and a pocket dictionary in there. And I had. You know, I actually bike. remember that. That's what I heard when I first came to Dirty Lion. <laughs> Listen, that, I've carried that thing with me since the early 2000s. But I used to have that, and I used to, I used to carry that, I used to carry those with me. And I would read some of his poetry, and it would just spark up something that I could relate to. And I would write about my experience, similar to how he wrote about his experience. So it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like copying or anything like that. It was just that in reading some of his works of art and some of the things that he talked about, it was mm-hmm. that hey, you know what happened to me, or hey, mm-hmm. what if I wrote about this from a different perspective? Right. What if what if right. what if instead what if instead of the the hero I was the villain and then wrote from the villain's perspective? Just things like that. So yes, we were all yeah. like parts of the and you know, I used and to I still have that I, book. I still have that book. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I used to see, because I remember seeing you with, like, your backpack for the first, like, three, four years I was at Greater Zion. And I was like, oh, that's kind of like my notebook. Because remember, I used to carry a tote bag with a bunch of notebooks. Yes, I do. Um, yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> and a bunch of pieces. Oh, all that. Why you got, why you got three or four notebooks? Thank you. You know, yeah, it was exactly. one one notebook was five for Bible study. You know, like notebook, uh-huh. <laughs> notebook, two or three notebooks was for poetry, mm-hmm. and then one right. was for the Defenders of David poetry. Mm-hmm. I had the category, but now I have my um, my good note app and my iPad. I had a notebook for ideas. I had a notebook for poems that I was working on, and then I had a notebook for finished poems that I had to rewrite with with all the without all the scratches out and the scribble. <laughs> right, because, you know, a talking word poet uh, notebook will look like, what? But we exactly. know what we really know. We can pull that thing exactly. out and it's exactly. the mic with no problem. Mm-hmm. No problem. <laughs> well, I am having a blast talking to you, but I know you have to oh, your family. My last question for you is, what has poetry taught you? Oh my God! Um, poetry has poetry has taught me about myself. Poetry has allowed me to open up um, every closed door and right? <laughs> and it allowed me to look at myself from a different perspective, from a different angle. I was not able to see myself in third person. And I was able to, was able to see my faults 
Aber wenn man sich die, you know, the, the, the good quality of attributes about myself, I was able to see how socially awkward I can be. I was able to see how needy I can be, <laughs> how mean and cutthroat I can be. And it wasn't up until I had that mirror in front of my face that I didn't even recognize. You know, you can just go, it's so easy just to go about life and, you know, just be authentically you, right. but not really fully understanding how you can contribute to somebody else's downfall or how you can contribute to somebody else's downfall. You can, you know, do somebody wrong with success. So, poetry is really about me to take a look at my along with God, but right, I think right, that God, right. I think that God gifted me with the art form as another way to be able to, to just show me my way. Right, to speak to you, to mold you, to craft you, and to who he needs you to be. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, poetry, and it, you just got to be ready to see yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't show nobody else who they are through your craft without seeing yourself first. Right. And you, know? you can't lie to yourself. You can't lie to yourself. Because that audience would smell you a mile away. They would smell you a mile away. Listen. What? That audience, if you're trying to be a spoken word for it, and you sure not going to be a page for it because it's just not going to come out right. No matter if you hide, it ain't going to come out right until you are authentic with yourself. So you are open and vulnerable with yourself. Thus being vulnerable with the people. You know what I mean? Very, very true. It's from experiences you can write about, and then you read that thing back, you be like, I did that? Hey. Right? <laughs> like, dang, okay, right. I ain't gonna do that. I ain't gonna do that one right. again. <laughs> well, just in the last episode, the last episode I dropped last night, the Life Be Life, mm -hmm. I had a whole health thing going on, and mm -hmm. I found some poems that related. I'm like, oh, it's still appropriate for this time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's just when life, like, you know, like I said, when life be life in and all else fails, write a poem, y'all. You know, right. get Listen. it out somehow, Listen. you know? Back in the day, so I used to, when I wanted to write in an elevated form, I would change my surroundings and I would elevate myself. So I used to climb on the roof of my grandmother's house and I would put a oh, chair wow. there. I would put a chair up there, and I would uh -huh. sit, and I would have on my notes, and I would write. Because since I was elevated, I could see uh -huh. things literally, you know, in a different way. I saw people who were walking down the street differently. I saw where they were going. You know, I saw where they were coming from. And just that wow. difference, just that difference in physical position changed my mental mindset to be able to, to write. In, a, in an elevated way. I love that. I yeah. love that. No, because you would think a lot of poets would, you know, a lot of times we do change the scenery, like, laterally, you know, go to mm -hmm. the hockey truck, go to the beach, go to the park, go to, you know, sit in the car is a ministry for some people, you know what right. I'm saying? Right. Just being wherever that's different than home. Mm -hmm. But you would literally climb upwards to get right. a different perspective. That's dope. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? I'm going to 
have me going on the roof of my building. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when you see that view, you're going to see your whole neighborhood. You're going to see your neighborhood in the middle. I promise you. And I've been up there, and I've actually written poetry up there, but not for the point of elevation, for the point of just mm-hmm. changing scenery. But I'm going to go back up there. That might be what happened. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a five-story, six-story building. So I'm going to see what happens. You just gave me some inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say, get you a folding chair. <laughs> get you a folding chair and get as close to the edge as you can and look, look outward. Listen. Look, look, look outward physically so you can start looking outwardly within yourself.
<laughs> if the Lord say the same, I'll see y'all. Yes, the Lord Thank you so much same. for having me again. No problem. Good morning, Raiders I am representing the citizens. The citizens of started in 2005. Um, that's when a lot of us were introduced to poetry here at then it was Little Zion. But Little Zion had a very infamous poet by the name of Elmo, Elmo Bridges, excuse me, before I even knew that there was a poetry ministry here. Um, Brother Elmo Bridges had a very famous poem entitled Time. Um, and I just wanted to pray, pay homage and give tribute to his contribution to poetry ministry before Greater Zion formally had a poetry ministry. So I wrote a poem entitled Time Myself, an original piece that is inspired by him and written in the style of his version of time. So I would like to present that to you. Allow us to predict when 
but instead were called. Hey, do you remember that time? But time doesn't pause. Time doesn't stall. It passes. Right on by, and you can never catch it. Oh, there it goes. Oops. It got away again. That's how we spend our lives, chasing time. And it won't wait. Time toys with us. Time will give us a moment that feels like forever, then transforms it into a distant memory. Time speeds us up, then slows us down. Time creates gray from black-haired crowns. Time will have you crawling, then walking, then running, then limping. Time will blur your vision, going from gazing to squinting. Time is watching, pulling strings. Time has its hands in everything. With time, there is no mercy. With time, there is no grace. With time, there is no second chance. Because time doesn't have any time to waste. How do you scale the measure of a man? One whose walk carries his weight in tons and leaves footprints embedded in the ground showing no fear, keeping a steady pace, never runs, never allowing his circumstances to dictate his outcome, but one who overcomes, fist in the air, erect, cry, never forgetting where he comes from, head high, watching over, those he had sworn within himself to protect on no account neglecting responsibility, not once rejecting what emerged from him, that which God allowed him to create, life, giver of life. How can you determine the measure of a man? One, who's, one who comes from a strong background, the morals and values that initially patrolled, preceding beginning, then strolled alongside and later marched behind in strides. Those beliefs instilled from the wise, his foundation, formed on stone, and upon his rock, he had built his church, a sanctuary of safe haven and peace to combat what the world will soon ensue, a man who faced head on what society at him through and had what it takes to do what he had to, a real man. One cannot judge his character on individual ideology of masculinity, but by the works of his hands and how he commands respect. A man who bears fine fruit, tills it surrounding earth and prunes unto ripened pits, when appropriate then consumes with joy. How will you now distinguish the measure of this man? One whose life reflects positivity and optimism opulently. It does not mirror the tattered image of battles transpired, no matter how worn or weak he may be from battle, but instead his life displays a portrait portrayed of one worth living, a picture worth a thousand words that denotes endless stories told like the one about how he experienced true love and finally learned what it took to be a real man. How fatherhood, had forever changed his entire being for the better, and he then learned that he would not be the sole beneficiary to the consequences of his actions. Or what about the one where he first crossed paths with what the Bible calls his good thing, his lover, 
his best friend, his wife, the person with whom his heart beats and sings so with rhythm so melodic that its music tugged at their feet like puppet strings and caused them to dance. Every moment they were together, his equal, together, the one in whom he had no quarrel, but alternatively would do anything for, adored her dearly, at no time ashamed to call her family. His family, the ones he grew up with, raised himself, helped, and inspired son, nephew, cousin, uncle, brother, father, mentor, all of the above. Whatever title you desire, he acquires, and he does the job well. Rooted in the foundation of his solidarity, this man, who could do no wrong, but righted every one. Man, provider, working to ensure home would never suffer. Man, protector, guardian over. Man, dreamer, finding new goals to achieve. Man, believer, always accomplishing those things. How do you measure the grave of a man? His rank, his position, class, category. You simply observe the man by surveying his ingredients, quality, caliber, consistency. Y'all, was it fun listening to that? Because I sure enjoyed participating in that conversation thank you so much daniel h poet for dropping by ink and padland i appreciate you so much to wrap up episode 11 the book of the day is the collected poems of langston hughes okay the collected poems of langston hughes vintage classics paperback um published october 31st 1995 ramper is the editor and author is Langston Hughes. You could get it on Amazon. And then the writing prompt or activity for the day is get elevated and write from that vantage point, not just mentally. If you can safely do so, disclaimer, if you can safely do so, climb on top of a roof, go on top of your apartment building that has a safe space to be up there, if you need to go on top of a hill where you have a view, if you have a balcony that you could sit on, on top of your home or in your apartment, or if you know a friend who has, or who's in a high rise where you could sit on their balcony or sit at their window and look out, go someplace high and right from that vantage point. I plan to do so in the near future and just see what type of writings or inspiration come from that. Okay, I thank you guys for joining us on today and I pray that you are inspired by something that was said. And always remember, grab your ink, grab your pad and write on y'all. Talk to you later. Toodles. Hey y'all, this is Tom the artistic director and founder of the Tom Dance Academy. You just tuned in to Ink and Pad Podcast. Listen, you don't want to miss the next episode. Stay tuned, stay tuned, and stay tuned.